Welcome to Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and high regulated industry. We're talking fintech, regtech, sextech, and more with thought leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to share insights, trade viewpoints, and get us all thinking about responsible innovation. And here is your host, Dara Tukowski. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and highly regulated industry. I'm your host, Dara Tarkowski, and today we are talking about new and different ways to invest in crypto and in blockchain and the wonderful world of Web3 that has nothing to do with you yourself opening up a Coinbase wallet and buying and selling coins um, that you don't understand what they are. Uh, in order to help us explore this topic today, we have Jeanette Spaulding, CEO of Invenium Asset Management. Welcome to the show, Jeanette. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. And before we get into the guts of today's uh, podcast, of course, I have to take a moment to thank our sponsor, BAI. For those of you unfamiliar, BAI is one of the world's preeminent leaders in education and training for the financial services industry. If you've not checked out their bank and non-bank curriculum, visit BAI.org to learn more. Thank you again for all of your support, BAI. All right, Jeanette, crypto, all the rage. It's all anyone can talk about right now, right? Yes. So I want to know a little bit more about you and how you got to your role and how you became involved in the crypto blockchain industry. But before uh, we do that, I want to start with your education because from what I understand, you took a little bit of a non-traditional path to the wonderful world of finance. Tell us about that. Yes, I did. And it's a really... For me, it's been part of my journey. And the reason why I'm in crypto, I think, is because of this non-traditional path. So I got my bachelor's degree at Columbia University in French and Romance philology. And philology yeah, is this... Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to have to tell <laughs> me and all the listeners what that is. I know. Well, when I uh, first majored in it, I had to look it up too. So um, <laughs> it's not a common uh, term that's thrown around, th thrown around these days. But um, philology is the study of language and linguistics through ancient texts. And so really what you're studying is the building blocks of, of how people communicate with each other. And once you understand those basic building blocks, you can it makes it incredibly easy to learn any language really. And that includes computer languages. And so coming through this, this program where I was learning how to learn a language really later on down the line when I got into technology and I got into crypto and blockchain, and blo so much of blockchain is self-taught really, the fact that I knew how to compose these different building blocks around languages and and the way humans communicate with it, with each other has been was incredibly useful for me and, and will continue to be useful for me as the space develops and as new technologies are developed. And so, okay, I, uh, so yes. so you had so we're 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 studying the building of languages and 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 abilities to communicate at Columbia in New York, and mm -hmm. you're in blockchain now. What happened in what happened in between there? Yes. So when I graduated from Columbia, I went to France to get my master's and I got my master's in finance 
in French, but um, in the subject matter of <laughs> finance. And uh, I so I started my career in Paris, and I was working at BNP Paribas doing investment strategy for institutional investors. And so that was my entree into the world of traditional finance. And uh, I was in France for a total of a, of a little over four years. And then I actually moved to Sweden to get a second master's degree in sustainable development. Sustainable development, what is that? Talk, so talk to us about that. Sure, yeah. So everything around, it, which is, it's funny because now this is also another topic that is incredibly relevant for today and all the rage, everything around sustainability, sustainability and climate change and looking at everything that we do from, you know, an individual perspective, company perspective, global economy perspective, looking at it in terms of the environmental aspect, environmental impact, the social impact and the economic impact and taking all three of those factors into consideration. And each one is just as important as the other one. And I, I wanted to study that because I, I had been working in finance for a bit and I wanted to round out my toolkit to not only take into account the economic factors behind things, but also what are the other factors that are driving decisions and driving the world. Amazing. So you get your master's in Sweden. What happens after Sweden? So then I go back into finance and I, I feel like I have this really well-rounded toolkit because I can look at the world through many different lenses uh, from an analytical perspective as well. And that's, to me, one of the things that's been most gratifying about coming out of that master's in sustainable development and seeing now that a lot of people have adopted this way of analyzing things and bringing quantitative inputs into, you know, ESG, which is environmental, social sure. governance, um, and, and really having numbers behind it when you're talking about sustainability. Um, that was something that was incredibly important to the program that I went through and became part of my toolkit as an investment professional. I went to went on to work at BlackRock in London with this new toolkit and was working on a team that was managing hundreds of billions of dollars of assets under management for some of BlackRock's largest clients like pension funds, government pension funds, company corporate pension funds, uh, sovereign wealth funds, central banks. So these very large financial institutions, global economic institutions that also need someone to look after their money. Um, that was what my team did. So at what point did Jeanette say, all right, BlackRock, uh, peace out. It's been real, but I want to go work in blockchain now. Yeah. So that's also another interesting story and kind of tying it back to this idea of my love of, of languages of all kinds. So working at BlackRock and the fact that that company is a very technology forward, it's kind of part of the company DNA to be innovative at BlackRock. And so I was just exposed to a lot of different technology, both, uh, you know, BlackRock's proprietary technology and just the general innovation mindset that was in that environment. And so I just got really interested in fintech. So I started teaching myself how to code in the evenings and on the weekends because it was just interesting to me. Um, and so I was learning, you know, different languages, basic things like, you know, a little bit of Python, a little bit of JavaScript and CSS. So I could kind of put together little websites with functioning backends and things like that. And I just that my my uh, interest just grew and grew and grew. And eventually I realized that I wanted to pivot my career into a, the fintech space. And so the way that I, I did that was to start my own consulting practice where I was I was a consultant for fintech startups. And so that was the point at which I said, I said, okay, 
you know, thanks BlackRock. It's been it's been great, but I, I got to go out on my own and forge this new path in fintech. And at that point, I also came back to the U.S. and kind of set up shop in New York. And that's also where I got introduced to the crypto scene. Uh Absolutely. So at what point does Invenium.io enter the world of Jeanette Spaulding? Yeah, so it was right around this time. So I, I came back to the States and I, I was a consultant in New York starting around 2017. And I started getting a lot of clients in the blockchain space because that was during a big crypto boom, blockchain boom. There was a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of us who remember that who were around back then, you know. Um, And so that was, there was just a lot of attention, not as much attention as there is now, of course, but there was still a lot of attention on this. And a lot of my clients were in that space. So I was getting more and more expertise in blockchain. And I was kind of doing events and, and, and basically speaking a lot. I kind of was just sharing my views and expertise on blockchain in institutional settings because I was kind of bridging the two worlds, whereas uh, I came and come from a traditional finance institutional background. A lot of the, especially back then, you know, a lot of these projects were not of an institutional mindset. They weren't thinking about institutional use cases. And so I was kind of bridging that gap. And so then it was all all about the retail use cases, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, so there weren't that many people actually thinking about institutional use cases, except Invenium was thinking about institutional use cases as well. And so in 2018, uh, I, you know, I met the team. And I was introduced to the technology and they became a client of mine. So it started out as a, you know, I was a service provider and they were a client, that kind of relationship. And in the intervening years, we've had different formulations of that relationship, but the relationship has just grown stronger and stronger over the years up until last year, May, around May of 2021, when I joined full time to launch projects from within Invenium as an employee. Well, congratulations. That's very exciting, Um, which sort of brings us to your most recent exciting project. Tell us about that. Yes. So as you mentioned, I am the CEO of Invenium Asset Management, which is the asset management subsidiary of Invenium. And the reason why Invenium, which is a technology company, has an asset management subsidiary is because of the vision of the company being uh we need, being that it is the basically the foundation for the global trading of private market assets via tokenization and and via distributed ledger technology and in order to actually have this sort of pathway to liquidity as we call it um we need a strong ecosystem of other organizations other technologies other companies that are also filling in the gaps uh, along the way to this pathway of liquidity. So whereas Invenium is the data provider, basically the data operating system, I should say, not the data provider, the data operating system for private market assets and in a tokenized form, we also need tokenization platforms. Once those assets are tokenized, they need somewhere to trade. You need primary and secondary liquidity. Um, You need alternative trading systems so that you can actually, so that you can match buyers and sellers. You need custody solutions and fund administration solutions. So there are all these sorts of pieces of the ecosystem that you actually need to have. And, you know, the Invenium.io platform provides the data infrastructure, but then we need all of the other pieces to complete the ecosystem. And so Invenium Asset Management 
takes third-party capital in order to feed that ecosystem. And it's incredibly important uh, because we already have a pretty robust ecosystem of, of other subsidiaries that we've invested in or that we've helped launch. We also have a robust ecosystem of partners and investors in Invenium that are helping us to build this ecosystem. And the goal of Invenium Asset Management is just to continue to grow this ecosystem. So you said third-party capital or third-party money. Um, yes. Which brings us, frankly, to the topic of uh, the topic of the day about the new way or alternative ways that businesses, other institutions, and accredited investors can get involved and invest in the crypto blockchain world without having to be experts themselves. So walk us through that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. So as we mentioned, a lot of the use cases and a lot of the press that that covers crypto and blockchain they all talk about retail use cases and yep. um, which means, you know, going on to Coinbase and tra trying to kind of like buy crypto and, and things like that and setting up a wallet, which is a whole other complicated thing for people. And it's very intimidating. And when you're just getting started out in this world, whether you're an institution or a person, there are some very high barriers to entry to uh, getting exposure to digital assets. And that, you know, if I'm a person, I have to learn how to set up a wallet. You know, I have to learn which exchanges have which assets on them. I also, if, you know, if I'm in the U.S., I'm the going to be restricted. The fees, right? Yeah. Like there's just like, there, there's just so much stuff. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was actually doing an interview for uh, you know, for a national publication not too long ago. And I was asked sort of like what my recommendations were for like, what are like the newest and hottest coins? I'm like, I don't care about what the newest and hottest coins are. I want to talk about all of the other use cases for blockchain. And that's where people should be investing their money. Um, but you have no idea how many times a day being like, what coins should I be buying? I'm like, I don't care. I, do I really don't. <laughs> Buy whatever. You're supporting the ecosystem. Terrific. <laughs> can we talk about can we talk about something else? I totally agree. And and that's and again, I think that's a real shame that the other use cases for this don't get discuss discussed nearly as much as, you know, the volatile sort of coins yeah. and tokens and the like the, you know, these the meme coins and, and for example, is you know, people are writing articles about coins that have no intrinsic value and it's 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 just kind of sad that that's taking the mind share of so many people when we could be talking about, okay, um, here is a way that you can take assets that previously were very hard to trade, were illiquid, like, you know, if we talk about um, commercial real estate or we talk about private debt, things that were are fairly illiquid, quite illiquid, because they have a lot of data that you need to actually bundle with the asset and bundle with the trade in order to price the asset. And that data actually needs to be maintained. It actually degrades over time. And it's really hard to actually take those kinds of assets where you need to maintain the data surrounding the asset. It's very hard to actually tokenize that because then you need a mechanism to price it on a regular basis. And the price on a regular basis is going to depend on the data. So you need a data platform and you need a way to verify and credential the data. That's what in the Invenium.io platform does actually. So and so that's a really interesting use case. And it's, it's taking the technology, blockchain technology, and it's applying it in a way to make existing markets more that efficient. are th Right. And existing markets that are familiar, that are yes. understandable, and that I think the even 
I don't want to say the general retail investor, but the retail investor, but also like the accredited investor, the institutional investor in a mechanism that they are much more familiar and arguably comfortable with. And they don't have to stress out about, um, you know, every, every little news blip. Exactly. And it's just, it's something that, you know, whereas when we talk about crypto assets and the crypto market, that is exactly, it's incredibly volatile. Um, it's a whole, you know, there are people who spend, can spend all day, you know, and, and the thing is crypto markets are 24 seven. Yeah. I do. <laughs> and do. And do. <laughs> and do spend, exactly. Spend all day watching news, watching like telegram channels, because that's the other thing is a lot of the, there's so much information asymmetry as well uh, in these new markets. So you have to kind of like be watching a bunch of different news sources as well as informal news sources like Twitter and telegram chats and, and all of that. And it's just for the for investors and particularly for institutional investors, the risks are just way higher than the risk appetite is. And there's no reason to kind of like take that kind of risk as an institu institutional investor to be in these volatile assets, especially when the barriers to entry are so high with regards to what kinds of, you know, technological infrastructure you need to be playing around in this sort of volatile crypto market um, with any sort of, you know, um, assets under management. And so what we're doing with Invenium Asset Management is actually providing exposure to digital assets through mechanisms that are institution institutional grade and that are familiar to institutional investors. So we have two funds that we're launching one is called the Blockchain Infrastructure and Growth Fund, and that is actually for um, it's it's it very much resembles a, a private equity fund or a venture capital fund in the sense that it invests in Series A and Series B rounds of blockchain startups, and these are equity stakes. So it's going to behave, you know, like a, a PE fund, and it's 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 a very familiar financial instrument for mm -hmm. a for a um an institutional investor. So, but they still do get exposure to blockchain because it's kind of like the picks and shovels mentality in a gold rush, you know, are you going to be the one out there trying to dig for a piece of gold or are you going to be the one selling the picks and the shovels? If you're the one selling the picks and the shovels, you don't actually have to be find gold yourself. You can just sell the shovels and everyone's trying to buy a shovel themselves and everyone's trying to buy a shovel and you can get rich off of that. So it's the idea that you I'm can not going to actually... lie, Jeanette. I might steal that analogy. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll totally give you credit, but I might steal that analogy. It's a, it's a really, really good one. Um, so when you're talking about sort of exposure to blockchain, um, so – I want to get back to learning about the second fund, um, sure. but the blockchain and infrastructure fund, um, that's fund number one. I thought the analogy was really, really fantastic. But I think one thing that's really important that you guys are doing is creating this exposure to the industry more holistically. But you've also taken a really active role in much more direct, right, education and thought leadership and, you know, doing your part within the industry and the ecosystem to provide access to really, really great materials, uh, you know, legislators. Um, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you're rounding that out because I think it's so wonderful that you're providing both. You know, you're providing the investment opportunities, but more importantly, you're simultaneously providing the education. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that is very important for us at Invenium and at Invenium Asset Management is that we consider ourselves to be 
on the cutting edge of, of what we're doing, there aren't a lot of organizations that are thinking about things the way that we think about them, just by virtue of the fact that the the company has been around since, you know, 2017. Um, in, like the Invenium.io platform has been around since 2017. Um and we have been thinking about problems like this, whether, you know, me, I, I wasn't at Invenium at that time, but I was in the world of blockchain digital assets. So we've all kind of been thinking about these problems from an institutional perspective for years. And so we have that edge in terms of how we are formulating problems and how we're formulating those solutions to those problems. So we just want to be able to share that expertise with our, not only with our clients and with our partners and internally, but with the world at large, with, uh, you know, our audience of, of people who are interested in the space and interested in the institutional use cases and interested in trading private market assets like commercial real estate, like private debt, like private equity uh, via token tokenized funds and tokenized uh, real estate assets. So this is, oh, this, basically this industry is only going to get bigger. Um, we see ourselves as being very forward thinking and, and even our partners see us as a leader, a thought leader in this particular niche. And we are launching, so we're launching a conference um, that will be an annual conference that basically brings together leaders in tokenization, in private market assets and digital assets and uh, brings them and, together. And y'all, in case you're wondering where that is, uh, it's in the wonderful city of Miami, one of the new crypto crypto blockchain hubs uh, hubs of the universe and where, where Jeanette gets to call home now. Um, so like everyone, like super yes. easy excuse to, you know, spend some time in MIA. Yes, yes. I and I, I recently moved to Miami, so I'm I'm loving it. This is like a little plug for Miami because I'm a total Miami fan. Um particularly as it pertains to the the crypto digital asset blockchain community here is so strong and there's so much excitement and enthusiasm in Miami for people who are doing cutting edge cutting edge things in technology it's just a really wonderful place to be and to meet people this is where it's happening right now where all the new tech is happening I totally agree, which is also why I'm going to do some slight self-promotional plugs here. So sorry, listeners, you know I don't usually do this, but that's exactly why Actuate opened up our office in in Wynwood as well, in sort of like the tech artsy hub uh, area of Miami as well. So like we're going to be right around the corner from, you know, the headquarters of blockchain.com. I get to hang out with Jeanette more often. Um, yes. So I hats off to Mayor Suarez uh, and the 305 uh, for for making it happen. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of places in the US that are are talking about it and like like to talk the talk, but I've not seen a city transform itself in the way Miami has in like the past, you know, 18 to 24 months. So like kudos, kudos there. More sunshine for all of us. Totally agree. I think Mayor Suarez has done an excellent job in bringing tech talent, in bringing interest and bringing investors and just people bringing all of those ingredients you need for a thriving entrepreneurial tech driven community. He has done such a great job at just like creating a nexus of all of us to kind of come and create together. So you used a very eloquent word like nexus. I was going to say butts and seats. 
He's done a really <laughs> good job of putting butts in seats. Um, so we took a we we took a little uh, side street. So talk to us about uh, Invenium Asset Management's second fund. Right. Yes. So the second fund is for in- investors who actually, you know, so they they maybe dipped a little pinky toe into the blockchain space with blockchain infrastructure and growth, you know, and that's sort of a first exposure to this sector. Um, maybe they have, or maybe they just want to go straight to digital asset exposure. And that is what the second fund does. It's called the Digital Asset Yield Fund. And what's really exciting about this fund is that it's really a great, it's a great case study on how you can be exposed to digital assets but limit exposure to volatility. So, um, you know, for for those who are unfamiliar with stable coins, for example, this is a great time to learn about stable coins because whereas if we're talking about something like Bitcoin or Ether or any of the other highly volatile cryptocurrencies, you're exposed to price movements, right? And that's what makes sometimes makes crypto investing so scary is that you never know when you're going to have a 30% drop, 40% drop, 50% drop. Of course, you know, over time, as we've seen in the past, the the drops have been met with like gains, you know, uh, that matching and exceeding the drops. But to live through that roller coaster is something that, you know, is not terribly interesting to a lot of investors, uh, particularly in the institutional space right now, at least. Um, and so with stable coins, like USDC is a stable coin. It's actually pegged to the US dollar. So you're not actually going to have exposure to the volatility of a cryptocurrency if you have USDC. But then you might be asking, well, why would you want a digital asset that's pegged to the U.S. dollar? And the reason is that you can actually do lots of cool things and earn yield if you have a digital asset um, that is pegged to the U.S. dollar because you can lend it out, for example. So there are a lot of protocols where you can take USDC, this stablecoin that's pegged to the U.S. dollar, and lend it out to borrowers who want to borrow USDC. Uh, and, and then you can collect a, a reward in the form of, you know, interest uh or, you know, in the form of a, a protocol reward that can either be awarded in in a token or sometimes it's just awarded in USDC if if you're lending out USDC. And so you're actually earning, you're basically able to create a lending facility um that where you're using your asset, you're holding your asset and you're using it, you're it's basically becoming a productive asset for you. And you can earn that way. And that's, you know, that's one way that you can um, reduce your, so, your exposure to volatility. So you get another new way to invest in crypto and you get to play banker all at exactly. the same time. Exactly. And another way is to become a, a you can actually stake your crypto assets uh, as part of a validator node on a blockchain network. And I don't want to get too technical. Um, we're but basically the real nerdy. We're, yeah, we're going to we're going to try to. <laughs> We're gonna try to try to measure that because that could be a whole other episode all by okay, itself. Okay. So maybe that's a part two, but just just I, basically if you're staking on a blockchain network, that's another way to earn revenue off of a crypto asset. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> perfect. Um, so you know, we've got like we've got a little bit of time left. I was wondering, you know, for for you, Jeanette, what do you think we're in it's 2022. Um, we've watched the crypto markets go up and down. Uh, as you as you've said, 
Uh, we've watched retail investors do well. We've watched retail investors do poorly. We've watched regulators freak, about, freak out about ICOs. And we've got, you know, an SEC chair who is blockchain bullish and who's actually very educated, uh, you know, about the technology. What are you most excited for, um, for upcoming opportunities in blockchain for 2022 and beyond? I'm most excited about building those bridges between traditional finance and decentralized finance. For me, that is where there is the greatest amount of opportunity because that's where all of the institutions are going to come out and play. Um, when we can have decentralized finance mechanisms that are compliant from a regulatory perspective. And in order for that to happen, there has to be some way to, for example, do AML KYC on a decentralized platform. And, and there are platforms now that are that exist and that allow for that. Um, and so it's just a matter of, of getting the right participants onboarded in a way that complies with all the regulations of the appropriate jurisdiction, um, getting them onto this platform, these platforms in a way that you know they understand and that works for them, and bringing you know the other side of it. So if we're talking about peer-to-peer -peer lending, for example, so bringing lenders on and then finding the borrowers that are going to comply with with their regulations, and so this is a way that we can really start to bring a lot of institutional assets and interest, you know, to the space. And that's, I think, when we're really going to see things explode, because as we know, there there is all this pent up demand. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of financial institutions talking about digital assets. And so I do believe there's a, a lot of pent up demand. And it's just everyone's kind of waiting to see what the SEC is going to do. Um, you know, what me regulations too. I'm, I'm, yeah. we're, I'm, 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 I'm just sitting here biting my nails, uh, waiting for that. Exactly. And until we actually have more clarity, we have to play by the rules we're given, right? Which makes it difficult because a lot of people in DeFi aren't used to playing by those rules. And that's also where uh, you have an advantage, you know, if you are working with an organization that is, that comes from, you know, this perspective and, and provides in institutional grade services, they know how to comply with all of the regulations already. And so you're leveraging decentralized technology and you're also compliant with regulations and, and can use the platforms in a way that complies with regulations. And I think that that's really what's most exciting to me is that we're seeing more and more of these platforms that actually allow for you to have like, you know, your AML KYC processes in place for sure. and connect with institutional, you know, sources of capital. So that's, I think that's really going to be the theme of 2022. Well, I think that the industry uh, and Invenium and the wonderful world of blockchain is lucky to have you. Yay for more women in tech. Um, if my listeners would like to learn more about Invenium Asset Management or contact you. What should they do? So if they would like to learn more about Invenium Asset Management, they can go to Invenium's website, which is invenium.io. Uh, you can also reach out to me on, on Twitter. Um, so I on Twitter, I am Jeanette underscore ETC. And uh, I'd be more than happy to talk with anyone who reaches out to me. My DMs are open, so please feel free to reach out. Amazing. Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on everything you've already accomplished. I can't wait to see what Invenium Asset Management uh, does next. Good luck with the conference. Um, I can't wait to attend. And until next time, everyone, thank you so much. <laughs>